0: this is Kiran from The Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Janice Chaka with us. Janice is an introvert success strategist and founder of The Career Introvert. Having spent years in HR fields, she has observed and her organization's struggle to effectively recruit and support introverted professionals, whether in remote or in-person setting. As an introvert herself, this was a source of immense frustration to her. She had has to dedicate her years and then decided to dedicate her years to conducting workshops for introvert, equipping them with the strategies to navigate through extroverted company cultures. So first off, Janice, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Okay, so excited to know more about your life first. So let's begin into what got you started into coaching, apart from what I have said.
1: So one of the key things actually was... I, this is a while ago now, I used to work remotely for a very large tech company. And because of this, I used to travel. This is before, this is like eight, 10 years ago before it became hip to work from home. And I was traveling a lot in Southeast Asia and I attended a workshop. And what I realized was with those that I was talking to, I did a meetup for introverts and I had 50 people turn up. We didn't have space in the location because I thought maybe 10 people would turn up because I was just doing it for fun. And 40 people came and we took over this venue. It was a small bakery. They were very grateful because everyone bought food. (laughs) It was unexpected. And it made me realize that there was a huge need because a lot of the Southeast Asian communities and culture is more introvert leaning, but they are working for large American, which tend to be extrovert leaning type organizations. And there was a huge need for them to have community to talk about their issues, to talk about what was going on and to try and figure out a way to navigate the culture because they were good at their jobs. They just didn't feel comfortable where they were and didn't feel that they were being listened or acknowledged and were being passed up for promotions in their organizations. And so from that, I ended up creating like a workshop that was called Networking for Introverts. And I toured and Southeast Asia and the UK actually at that time. And I think I did two in the US as well. And so that kind of helped propel sort of the works that I do now, along with the fact that I got asked to speak at a conference in Spain called Seven and Seven. And we were talking about, we had a lot of people come up to me and were asking about, we had water coolers in like our offices and introverts never went to the water coolers. We're now trying to recreate it on Slack or Teams. Why aren't people, why aren't introverts going there now? It's like, if they didn't go in the office, why do you assume they're going to do that in the non office? They just want to come in, do their work and go home. Like the water coolers, like the extraneous, oh, I have to talk to people thing when I could be getting my work done on leave on time. Yeah. And so people assumed that because of this, that I was an introvert coach. And I was like, I'll do that because my experience is in HR. And so I see, cause like you mentioned, I see all the problems that people go through from hiring from the job description to the interview that is just so extrovert leaning. Oh, they didn't have enough charisma or they didn't look me in the eye or they didn't do X, Y, and Z, which has nothing to do with if the person can do the job. Yeah, it, it all started from
0: there. <laughs> it started from there. And can we know about the Client experiences, like the success stories that you are created, anything that is on the top
1: of the mind, right? So, I have a client that I've been working with for a while, and she is a doctor. And the medical industry is known as being cut, very cutthroat, being very fast-paced, long hours, very people orientated, and full of narcissists. Because to be a surgeon or a doctor, you have to have a certain level of self confidence about yourself. And she was going to be made a manager. In fact, her manager. Asked her to go and get coaching, like pointed her in my direction and said, we think you'll be a great manager, but you need some coaching. And she didn't want to lead a team because of the fact that she's no, I don't want to split my time between and support eight other humans that are going to talk to me. And three of them are extroverts. But she ended up leading that team being successful in three projects, spun off and started her own side business at the same time. Apparently she had the energy for all of that. Then what happened with that organization is they downsized, but she survived the downsizing because of the relationship she'd made within the organization without have sell herself. she just done relationship building and she's now still currently going through her internship. She's survived a bunch of people trying to put her down. There's been some racist attacks. There's been some just different and difficult conversations that she's had to have. She's even had to fire somebody and she's done it all with grace. And now she's in charge of her energy. She knows, oh, if I'm not sleeping right, that means I'm being stressed and now I need to fix this and the other. Basically, what we do is we talk about how energy management is super, super important to introverts. Once you unlock that, what works for you, there's five or eight core things that you need to think about. But once you dial in and figure out what it is that works for you and keep refreshing it and rotating it, depending on what happens. For example, she works days for 90 days and then she works nights for 90 days. So that can really mess with your sleep and your balance, your energy balance. So dialing those in for those different cycles, once she's got that dialed in, She can do almost anything. She surely can.
0: And can you now tell us about questions that you asked to get into the root cause of the difficulties that she or any other client was facing? So what are the series of questions that you asked them to get a better understanding of their situation?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't ask the same questions every time. It really does depend on the situation and what people are going through. I had one human, she's a HR payroll specialist. But she also has chronic illness and her boss was asking her to do a lot of things. And She was new and she was attending all these meetings on behalf of her boss. And so one of the questions was, do you have to be at those meetings or can you just read the notes? Do you have to be present? Is there an agenda beforehand so that you know what's going to be talked about and if you need to be there? And if not, can you institute that as you are the manager? Is there a, are you having regular meetings with your boss and discussing your workload? Project managing in advance, knowing that, okay, I have this thing to do. It's going to take me, say, eight hours. I can do an hour a day and it can take me a week and a half. Or if you give me this new project, I'm only going to be able to do it half an hour a day. So it can take me three weeks. What is your priority? And so having those conversations with her manager and giving her manager a clear idea of what she isn't capable of. Because one of the the things, a common thread that I see is that people will start a job and try and do all the things and be there for everybody because they're trying to prove themselves still. And they forget they got the job because they have already proven themselves. And they're setting themselves up for failure by going in and trying to do all the things all the time and please everybody because you can't pull that back from that. You're setting the expectation of what your work output is and you're leaving no room for you to breathe, to take time off, vacation, to cognitively think things through and you're setting yourself up for failure. But questions tend to be about communication. How are you communicating this? What are you saying? How are you saying it? How often are you saying it? How is it being taken? Are there any changes that you can make specifically to what you're doing? Also, what is that making you feel? Are you feeling tired? Where are you feeling it? Is it in your head? Is it your stomach? Are you getting butterflies? Are you, I don't know, there's all sorts of feelings that you can get. So there's some questions around that. And questions around, what are you doing outside? Are you celebrating your little wins? Are you celebrating your big wins? What are you doing to lift yourself up and recharge? What is your recharge planned? What do you do to fill your cup? What makes you happy? What gives you energy? And sometimes, because sometimes you can't help it. You're in a job that is soul-sucking because you need to pay the bills. That's just how the world works. But if you have that, then you need to make sure that you have enough time and energy to do something outside that brings you joy. So I have a lot of people who are creatives that I'm in a job that kind of sucks because mm. it's a job, but then they get to do lots of creative stuff outside and so they get that balance. But it's harder if they're in a soul sucking job and they're not managing their energy well enough that when they get outside of that job that they don't have the energy to then be creative because that takes its own different type of energy. And so getting that balance back so that even if you're doing stuff you hate that you can balance it out with stuff that brings you joy.
0: Can you please elaborate on energy balancing as you speak a lot about and know a lot about? Can you please give an insight on how to have a balance in energies while we are at the workplace or away
1: from workplace to have that constant block energy? So one example I'm going to give is a lot of organizations love to have back-to-back meetings or a meeting that's supposed to be an hour. They don't try and wrap it up at the 55 minute mark and it bleeds over into the next meeting and so on and so forth and derails everyone's days. I generally have, especially like my coaching clients, they're a 45 minute block on purpose so that they have 15 minutes to reset, and to process or to go to the bathroom and to do that because that helps with your energy. For example, today I have five meetings. I have a 15 minute break in between each one. And there's one where I have a half an hour break to, I don't know, get food, go outside and walk. And so being in charge of your calendar, being very strict with your calendar, for me, because I'm a calendar based person, not necessarily a task list person, is very helpful, but also sets boundaries for other people. You can block out your calendar and so you can't get meeting requests. You should treat a meeting with yourself, even if it's just for focus work or to plan your week just as importantly as you would if like your boss messaged you last minute. Setting out, blocking out time in your calendar where you do focused work for two hours or an hour and a half or whatever works for your brain and time at the beginning, at the end of the week, the beginning of the week to maybe plan your week and see if anything's changed, or anything's come up or any fires need putting out. Now the end of the week to review, see what you've accomplished. We're really good at thinking, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't complete that and I didn't finish this. And that's negative and draggy. And if you look back and, oh, I I did do this and I got more work done on this and this happened and you begin to recognize patterns. And so looking back and recognizing, oh, I work better at the day. I work better at night. Like I'm not a morning person. You will not catch me doing any meetings at 8 a.m. in the morning. I've learned this over time. Once you know that, then, or you will explain to the person, okay, I will do this meeting at 8 a.m. because you're special or whatever it is, but do not expect me to be at my best self. You set the expectations. And as far as the balance is concerned, for, like I mentioned, I've got back-to-back meetings today, but with 15-minute breaks. But tomorrow, no meetings, not talking to anybody. Unless it's like a friend on the phone, like I actually want to. But I will make sure that I go out for a walk. I will make sure that I sit and read. I will make sure that I do something that helps me recharge. It could be baking. It could be like everyone has a different thing that I do. It could be crocheting. It could be coloring. Whatever it is that brings you joy, you need to find that balance and slot it into every day of your life. It needs to become a habit. Just like brushing your teeth in the morning, it needs to be like, oh, I have a meeting. I need to make sure that I block out 15 minutes to stare at the wall and zone out or just process whatever you've been told or make your to-do list. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going out to smell the daisies. You just need time to process all the stuff that you've been told or your task list or like your action plan or whatever it is that the meeting was about or lament that meeting was a complete waste of time. And maybe I shouldn't have it on my calendar moving forward, having that time to review helps you go ahead and make better decisions moving forward. And also look at your, what I tell people I do a yearly sort of planning meeting. And normally when you do a yearly planning meeting, so what big projects do you have? And what I say is what vacation do you have planned? And if you don't have vacation planned, at least once a quarter, you need to make sure that you have two or three days, like a long weekend, if you don't have a lot of vacation time, that you are blocking out that no one's going to book for you. Or think of one thing that you really want to do. Maybe you want to go to Disneyland or maybe you want to go to the beach. Maybe the, put that in your calendar now because there's nothing worse than getting to November and being like, oh, I really wanted to do that thing and I didn't find the time. No, put that in your calendar first, then put in all the work stuff or the project stuff or like the hobbies. And stuff, but do you first and that will help with the balance. But yeah, having a list of things that help you recharge quickly, things that help you recharge mediumly and things that make you recharge if you've done a three-day family event, <laughs> like what do you need to do after that? And having those lists maybe dotted around your office or your space or in a workbook or on your phone to remind you like, oh, hey, I could, I should do this thing because blah, 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 and put it in your calendar. Oh, after Thanksgiving here in the States, I get two days off because I'm just going to recharge and bake or watch TV, whatever it might be. So that's how you can get that balance and stop you being burnt out. Of course. And what do you suggest for
0: introverts from the perspective of going into the introverted society and doing meetings with the people that they don't know. So that's a big thing for introverts. So how do you tell? How do you look at that?
1: Meetings with people you don't know. Um, I don't know if it's a big thing for introverts because it's someone you don't know or because it's meetings. If it's eight people, that can be like frustrating. If it's just a one-on-one, it shouldn't be a big thing. It's a case of if you don't know the person, we have the internet. The internet can do it, but you can find out a lot of information about Person, if it's like networking, I guess, is one way you could be meeting a person that you don't know. Most networking events will have the list online somewhere or like attendees listed somewhere. And you can go and look and see the three people you want to talk to, look them up, try and find a common non-work related thing to talk about. I've had conversations about horses and traveling and chess and Formula One. and the things that interest you that aren't necessarily super, super personal, but you can hold a conversation about. People are more likely to remember you about that than, oh yeah, I just met another accountant out of 50 accountants that I met. It makes it much easier to have a conversation because it's not necessarily work-related. We are more than our work. It can lead on to work, but we are more than our work. and We're far more interesting if we talk about things that aren't necessarily work-related. So that's something to keep in mind. Have three topics that you generally are happy to talk about that are universal, like food. Very few people will not talk to you about food. It can be good things or bad things like the closest restaurant or like things you've done recently or... A funny story from way back when but if you try and find like three topics that you're happy to talk about that aren't too personal but you can ask people conversations and the other thing is a lot of the time you don't have to do a lot of the talking just asking a question and not the so what do you do question but more like how have you helped a person do what you do or how have you like elicit a a conversation starter that lets someone talk about themselves and then you'll find more things that you're interested in it's much easier to Follow the flow of the conversation instead of asking questions that are short or end in like a very short answer, but don't give context and depth to an answer. Like, what's a good book that you've just read and why did you enjoy it? Or what did you hate about it? What do you know about the author? There's far more richness to that than, oh, what do you do? Are you an accountant? Okay. Who do you work with? Big five people. Okay. That's the problem with networking that I think introverts have. There's no depth of conversation there if you're just asking the same question and getting the same answer all the time that's an opinion on it
0: yeah I get it and the way to know a person outside of work is by asking questions out of work or telling them about the things that you do apart from work of course Janice so can you please tell us about the best ways of reaching out to you by now so is it your website is it your email anything that can help us reach out
1: on LinkedIn, I'm the only Janice Tracker. To be fair, on the internet, I'm the only Janice Chaka. But LinkedIn's probably the best to start with. And then email, those would be the best two ways to get hold of me.
0: Yes, please tell us about Janice Checker on LinkedIn. That is easy to find about your email, please.
1: So it's Janice at the
0: Janice at the So do reach out, guys. That leads me to my final question for the day, Janice. What would be the action steps? What do you suggest the listener does after listening to this conversation?
1: If you are someone who has that you finish work and you go home and all you want to do is zone out and you can't find the energy to do anything, it may be you are someone who is feeling a little overwhelmed at work. Maybe you are someone that has so much to give, is really good at their job, but are finding it hard to set boundaries. What I recommend is you take a note. Of your energy three times or four times throughout the day for a week, see where your energy is highest and lowest. And if there are any events at that time that coincide with you feeling low or high, like could you have low energy, but you look back at your calendar and you've had four back to back meetings? And if this is the case, after doing that audit for a week, see what tiny changes you can make to make sure that a repeat of that doesn't happen again. And then keep doing that on a regular basis to see how your energy might even out. That would be an action step that I would recommend.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Janice. With that said, that was today's episode of the Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Janice, we are so grateful for you being on the show and giving us a great time.
1: Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for the questions. They were really good.
0: Yeah, thank you so much again. And I am your host, Kiran studying up. You guys take care. Bye, guys.